Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 237 of the Life Made to Order podcast. The most important ingredient in manifestation and inner transformation. And that ingredient is, and I've talked about this a lot before I've mentioned this ingredient, what I personally think it is, is brutal honesty. Because whatever we're feeling and thinking is what we're feeling and thinking. And we don't do ourselves any favors when we deny what's happening inside of us, when we deny what's in our mind, when we deny what we're really thinking about something. And there's a lot of reasons that we don't want to engage in this brutal honesty. Uh, Number one, especially from a manifestation perspective, I think there's a part of us that really believes if we pretend we're not thinking and feeling certain things, then like that won't affect our energy and our manifesting and and what comes into our life so we think okay that part of us is like well if i just pretend it's not there then it actually won't affect my manifestation like god or the universe or spirit or whatever is like won't see all of that fear and self-loathing and doubt and all that icky stuff so that's one thing and that's not true you can't hide it because again whatever's there is there it's So the part of you that thinks that, you have to really remind that part of yourself that that's not actually what's happening when you do that. Denying, it doesn't, suppressing it, pretending it's not there, claiming you feel a way that you don't actually feel, claiming you believe something you don't actually believe. Again, a part of us thinks that actually is uh, good and helpful and it it, it wants to do that, but I promise you it doesn't work. Uh, The second reason is, We have such a huge resistance to our negative feelings. We're so uncomfortable with what's exploring what's in our mind that, excuse me, we just don't want to even go there because it's just, we don't want to open those floodgates. And on some level, we already feel bad. It is affecting us and we're aware of it to some degree, but to really like admit what's there, to really face it, to really, again, that brutal honesty, that's very uncomfortable. And then the third reason is, especially for people on a spiritual path and you're studying all of this stuff and you regard yourself a certain way and you're trying to be a certain way, there can be a great deal of shame about admitting what were the things that we're struggling with, admitting the sorts of things that we think and feel because we think as a spiritual person, I shouldn't feel that way. That's a bad thing to feel. Um, Intellectually, we understand we shouldn't feel certain things. So again, we're reluctant to admit that we're feeling them. After all the work we've done and everything we know, and after all this time, I shouldn't be thinking that way. I shouldn't be feeling that way. I should be over this thing by now, right? So then there's, so those three elements, and usually for a lot of us, it's going to be a combination of all those three things together that are working against doing this very helpful thing, which is again, engaging in this. And I I mean brutal, when I say brutal, I mean like that real honesty, because again, there's going to be a lot of shame and we're not going to want to admit a lot of the things we're thinking and feeling. Um, I think too, admitting it's again, and this kind of relates to that thinking that there's value in the denial. It's almost like if we admit that we're still struggling, we feel like some kind of failure or that we've wasted all of this time and it, or if it's some sort of setback to admit where we really are. Again, there's that, that kind of denial element to it again of thinking, well, if I just pretend that I'm not thinking this or feeling this way. Uh, We try to work through everything intellectually because we're much more comfortable uh, engaging intellectually, rationally, logically than engaging, truly engaging with our feelings. So we think, again, that idea of, well, I've learned all these different spiritual teachings and this is 
I'm being told this is ideally what I would think, ideally what I would feel, ideally how I would respond to something. So I'll just try to like tell myself that's what I should be thinking and feeling. That's how I should be responding to this situation. And it's helpful to think through things in that way in the sense of you're giving yourself practice, engaging with those points of view and those interpretations. But if that's not what you're actually feeling and thinking, just trying to intellectually work through it and try to just tell yourself, well, think this way and feel this way. It's like, eh, it's not going to be very effective because you're not actually thinking and feeling that way. In the moment, you are in, you are engaging in a way, you are interpreting things in that more egoic thought system way, which causes all of the, the pain that we're dealing with, and that's where all those bad feeling thoughts and, are coming from. So if what we feel is what we feel, if, if, if what's there is there, we see that an important ingredient, again, in manifestation, because again, energy and vibration are just kind of fancy words for feelings. What we think uh, influences how we feel. Everything, everything we do as a human being is going to be influenced by uh, our belief system. It's going to dictate our actions, our habits, our behaviors, all of our tendencies, how we view ourselves, whether we view ourselves as some weak, frail, victim-y type person or that ego view of us or that spirit view of us of this powerful being that's already perfect and already has everything and can't be hurt, right? Like everything comes from that. So whatever is there, again, we have to be honest about what's there because we can't change anything if we can't admit that's what we're dealing with. It doesn't matter what you intellectually understand and what you've intellectually accepted. This process of healing and energy and like, that's not that's not the world of intellect and, and the mind in that sense. It's it's what you're feeling. So we have to be very brutally honest about what it is we're feeling. And like I said before, one of the biggest barriers is especially for people on any kind of spiritual journey and you regard yourself in a certain way and you like to see yourself in a certain way, you're going to have a lot of shame about admitting certain things that you're thinking because, again, as a spiritual person or everything you've learned, you shouldn't feel that way and that thought seems petty or childish or mean or selfish or whatever and we're going to, again, we're going to want to be, we're going to want to pretend like that that's not what we're thinking and feeling, but we are thinking and feeling those things and that stuff's not just going to magically go away. We have to engage with it in some to, to some extent in the sense of admitting this is what's in my mind right now. This is what I am feeling. And like I said in an earlier podcast, engaging with our feelings and our thoughts in that in a very brutally honest way is one of the best ways to make these transformations because those moments present the best opportunity to practice thinking in another way. Because we can't change our thinking unless we give ourselves practice changing our thinking and we give ourselves the opportunity to to compare well this is what I'm thinking now this is what egoic me is thinking and spirit would tell me like this is my interpretation of what's happening right now this is my interpretation of you and in those moments you get to choose okay well I'm thinking and feeling this but I could be thinking and feeling that and I'd rather think and feel that way that's much more preferable I'd rather think with the spirit god whatever you call it mind because those thoughts feel a lot better. Those thoughts make me feel much more empowered and hopeful and like I'm not, that I'm, I'm good and I'm okay and I'm not bad and I'm not wrong and the world is not horrible and whatever, all these different things, right? So brutal honesty will be your best friend in this journey and you 
can't be afraid to to go what's in there and and you don't want to feel shame you don't have to feel ashamed of anything you're thinking and feeling because as someone that's gone very deep into her mind and i obviously i can only know what's in my own mind but i think being a, a fellow human with the same conditioning of a goic thought system and having a similar you know human experience as everybody else i'm not some otherworldly being i know that when you get really deep, there's some stuff in there that, again, there's going to be a lot of shame of like, oh, I think that way. This is embarrassing. This makes me feel really ashamed. I feel like, ugh, this is a really evil thought. This is a really mean thought. This makes me seem really selfish or childish. Like I was saying before, there's going to be that judgment and you can't judge it. Whatever, again, whatever is there is there. It doesn't matter if you want to think that way. It doesn't matter if you intellectually understand that you shouldn't quote unquote think that way. None of that matters. All that matters is what's actually in your mind and whatever feelings are coming from whatever that content of your mind, because that's where the feelings come from. It's always perception. It's always, a, we have a thought system. We have something in place. We're thinking of things in a certain way and then it's creating the feeling. So if you really want to feel better, you can't ever really feel better in a meaningful way until you engage with the thinking that's creating the feelings. And this is another, another thing I've talked about before, too. One of the reasons why we feel like a lot of times we're really not getting anywhere in this quote-unquote work or journey or whatever you refer to this thing you're doing as is a lot of what we're doing is um, we tend to make it all very action-oriented. Uh, we, we have our routines and our rituals. And, of course, there's value in meditation and yoga. And I, I do things like that, so I'm not saying to not do those things. But what we're really doing a lot of the times, and we don't realize it, is a lot of the work we're doing, we're not actually getting at the root of our problem, which is, again, it's our thinking, it's what's in our mind. All of our problems are within our mind. It's never anything outside of us. And a lot of what we're doing is, again, we're not engaging at the root of the problem. What we're doing, basically, is we're treating the symptoms of that distorted thought system. And we have the anxiety and the fear and the dissatisfaction and the discontent and the frustration and all these feelings and we're doing all these things to manage those feelings. And it's okay to have your coping mechanisms. But again, if we're not getting at the root, if we're not really going in our mind, we'll always feel like, yeah, no matter what I do, I never really feel better. I've tried meditating. I've tried connecting with my inner child. I've tried chakras. I've tried crystals. I've tried EFT. I've done this and I've done that. And nothing ever seems to work. I've gone to 50 different seminars and retreats in my lifetime about every conceivable personal growth, spiritual subject you could think of. And yet I'm still struggling. And that's why, because again, all of that, a lot of the times it's just treating the symptoms of that mental dysfunction. And when we're just treating symptoms of something and not the root cause, the symptoms tend to persist. Sometimes they might go away for a bit. They might lessen in intensity. You might get something out of that. It's not a totally futile effort, you know. But again, there's always that kind of lingering feeling in the background of I'm still really struggling with a lot of these things. And it's because we're not really going into our mind. And that's where that brutal honesty comes in. Because if, if the real problem is what's going on in our mind, we can't heal what's in our mind if we won't admit what's in our mind. And one of the reasons I did this podcast, a lot of times I'm inspired this particular topic. The podcasts are very spontaneous and like I just kind of something pops into my mind and I just record. And you can probably see that from the fact that they're not on any set schedule. Like every Tuesday at three, you know, tune in for my podcast. I just do them whenever, right? And 
you know, I, a couple of months ago, and it was something I was thinking a lot about the last couple of days, but a couple of months ago, something had happened that kind of illustrated this point to me of what I'm talking about. A few years back, I had had something happen with somebody. I'm not going to go into the details of the story. The story itself is not anything super dramatic or traumatic. Like if I were to tell the story of what happened, and a lot of people could probably relate to this, like you're very profoundly affected by things that if you were to look at them just on the surface, you, it's not any major thing, but it had a very profound impact on me. And that's not surprising because, right, as many spiritual teachings would tell us, it's not what happens to us, it's our response to them. So it wasn't about what happened with this person. It was, it triggered very deep things that were already within me. So that's, so that's another thing too with a lot of this is you don't want to judge um, thinking, well, based on what happened, I shouldn't feel this intense of an emotion because it's not about what happened. It, it, it just, it, it rustled up something that was already in you and it could have been something very deep and very painful. And again, on the surface, the circumstance itself wouldn't seem to warrant that sort of response. But again, it's not about what happened. So this thing that happened with this person, it affected me very deeply and it happened a few years ago. And over the years, I've thought about it a lot and it's, it's always kind of bothered me. I never felt like I fully moved on from it. And a couple of months ago, uh, I had reconnected with somebody that was very closely connected to this person, very good friends with this person. And I saw what happened, even just connecting with someone related to them and connected to them brought up a lot of stuff and it made me realize how much hurt I was still carrying about this situation and about what happened with them, how much of my emotion around it was unresolved, how much I was still thinking that the situation itself was why I felt the way I felt. And it was very uncomfortable for me because even though to some degree I was aware I was still feeling certain things because I had still been, th I had thought about this situation still. It's not like I hadn't thought about this person or this thing in years until I talked to the friend of this person. It was still in me. So I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like this totally out of nowhere, like, oh, I, I thought I was totally over this. I was aware that I wasn't. But talking to this person, and again, just, just talking to someone connected to this person just brought up a lot of deeper layers of this stuff. And I realized, yeah, I still have a lot of stuff around this circumstance. I still feel a lot of hurt. I still have a, a story that's very painful and that I'm still clinging, egoic me is still clinging to. And it was a struggle for me to really admit it because again, there was a sense of shame that even after all this time, I was still so bothered by what happened with this person. I was still, a part of me was still very embedded in that egoic thinking of thinking I'm upset because of what happened with this person and feeling hurt by this person and feeling all of these things that again, I felt shame admitting because as this very person that's very into spiritual teaching and, and does all this inner work and, and, and really tries hard to embrace that spirit thought system genuinely and consistently, like I can honestly say I, I consider myself to, to do that that I was still struggling with this. But guess what? I was. And if I tried to shut it down because I was ashamed and I wanted to pretend that it wasn't a big deal and well, I shouldn't be feeling this way and I, this is blah, blah, blah. Guess what? What good would that have done? It wouldn't have done anything because it didn't matter what I thought I should feel or what I wanted to feel or what I intellectually understood I should feel. None of that mattered. The only thing that mattered was what I was actually feeling what I was actually thinking. And I had to be honest with myself. And, and even though I didn't want to go there, 
I had to be honest with myself that I was still really struggling with this thing and I still was carrying around a lot of stuff about it. And I had to sit with that shame and I had to sit with that anger at myself for being like, why are you still, how, how are you still not over this? What is wrong with you? But again, that egoic mind, it's very powerful. It, we have a lot of conditioning to think that our external circumstances are the reason that we feel the way we feel. We're carrying around a lot of stuff within us. And if we have an experience that really pushes those buttons in a profound way, or it really unleashes certain certain types of pain and certain things, like if we feel really bad about ourselves in some way or a situation that triggers makes us feel a lot of shame. Because that's the thing with this circumstance. This circumstance, what happened with this person triggered an immense amount of shame within me. And anyone knows that's felt shame before, I'm sure all of you have in some way, in some form, it's probably like the worst, heaviest, grossest emotion. Because shame is the idea that there's something wrong or bad about you. You did something wrong or bad. Inherently, there's something wrong with you. And you feel this like shame of this wrongness and like this embarrassment or whatever, humiliation or whatever it is, right? So that was a particularly intense emotion. And also too, I had to admit how much anger I felt towards this person because egoic me, what well, part of me was thinking, you made me feel this way. Even though intellectually, as a spiritual person, spiritual teaching would tell us only our feelings are our responsibility. I know that, I right? But again, I had to be honest that there was a part of me that was not thinking that way. And if I shut that down and I was just like, well, no one's responsible for my feelings but me. And, you know, again, just shut down the part of me that was like feeling so hurt and one, and then so hurt at this person for some of the things that they said and what happened. And again, that was blaming them. I couldn't, I couldn't work through it if I don't admit that's what I'm thinking. So again, that brutal honesty, it's the most important ingredient in all of this work. Because if the only problem is what's happening in our mind, we can't work with what's in our mind. We can't transform it. We can't heal it. We can't deal with it if we don't admit that's, that it's there. And again, like I said before, this can be a really big problem for people that are on a path like this because you learn all of this stuff. You learn all of these ways you quote unquote should be thinking and feeling. And then when you're not thinking and feeling that way, you, you can't, you have a hard time admitting it because you think, oh, like. I've been, you know, someone's like, I've been doing this work for 20 years and I still feel hurt about being left out of uh, the sleepover my friends had in the sixth grade or something. And you're like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. But there's a part of you, again, because if it's not about what's actually happened to us, then we start to see it's like, oh yeah, like, so we can't, we can't compare our, we can't measure our feelings against like the, 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 the circumstance and thinking, well, that's a disproportionate reaction or whatever. Because again, it's not about what happened. And when we remember that, we could have an easier time admitting what we're feeling because we're taking away that element of judging the response against the circumstance and thinking, well, base, I shouldn't feel this intensity or I shouldn't feel this because that wasn't a big thing. Like I said, with this circumstance, if I were to tell the story of what happened, it wouldn't be like, oh my God, that's so traumatic or dramatic or, oh my God, that was must have been so terrible. It wouldn't be anything like that. But my response to it was very intense because, again, it wasn't about what happened. It's never about what happens. What happens just rustles up stuff that's already within us. And a lot of that stuff that's already within us, it's been pushed very, very far out of our awareness. And we have a lot of intense emotion that we're not aware of because we're not consciously feeling it. 
And some of you have probably experienced this at least once in your life where something happened and it just unleashed something where you're like, where did that come from? Because again, if we're not, if it's, so, if it's pushed so far out of our awareness, we think, because we think of feelings as feeling them. So we think it's, there's no way that I could have some, such intense anger or sadness or grief because I would feel it. There's no way it could be, I would feel it. And it's like, we don't though. Cause again, we're, we've become a master at pushing it so deep down and you probably see it bubble up occasionally and it's less intense, but it, it seeps out sometimes. And if you notice, you probably see it seeping out sometimes. I think I read it. It was a course in miracles. I can't remember the exact, uh, like phrasing of it, but it, it really resonated with me. It was talking about even the slightest expression of annoyance is a, of something about it's actually a deep rage that's just kind of leaking out again that's not the exact that wasn't the words I can't remember how it was phrased that was basically like the gist of what they were saying is like even the slightest expressions of like annoyance or like actual rage and I was like oh that makes a lot of sense I, I think that's probably true but anyway right so we just have to so a lot of times you know we'll experience things that again on the surface don't seem like a big thing and our reaction will seem quote unquote disproportionate, but again, it's not about what happened. And sometimes something can happen that can bring something forth that's been so repressed that it's just like, whoa, where did that come from? So again, don't, don't judge any of this. Don't try to shut it down. Just be honest with what you're feeling. And it's not, again, it's not easy because I, I engage in this way quite frequently. And I see looking back on my own experience, I see that a lot of the healing that I achieved, I could not have achieved it without this brutal honesty because some of the things that were lurking most deeply inside me, that some of the biggest barriers to really feeling better in a significant way, it was the sorts of stuff that I would have been ashamed to admit it, that I could have easily shut down because like, oh, that sounds whatever, or intellectually, I understand I shouldn't feel that way. Uh, shame is a big one. Uh, guilt is another one, you know, any kind of feeling really, but shame and guilt are usually two of the big ones. Um, we have a hard time admitting certain things that we feel guilty about. Cause again, there's this idea of wrongness and badness and we don't want to really engage with that or we intellectually understand we shouldn't feel guilty about something. So we don't, but, it, but we do feel guilty. That was another big thing with me after my mother died. She got cancer in 2019 in May. She died basically almost a year later, pretty much of COVID. Um, well, but you know, she had cancer. She didn't really survive. You know, she wasn't going to survive the illness. She was very compromised already. And that whole year I was living in the house and I was taking care of her. And, you know, I think she had it pretty good in that sense. Like most people probably don't have like, a family member that could go move in the house and live with them for a year. I took her to all her doctors. I did everything for her. Sometimes my husband would kind of joke with me. He's like, it's like, you're the one that has cancer. You're the one that's on the doc on the phone all the time with the doctors and analyzing tests. For, you know, it was like, he's like, it's like you, you but I was doing so much for her. And, and I was scared of, of course. So a part of me was felt like I could probably control the situation somehow subconsciously, right. By doing all of that stuff. Um, I wanted to help, you know, I was very scared of losing her. I had already lost my father and losing both my parents was always that lingering thing in my mind of like that. I can't imagine that happening. And now it's probably going to happen. And I was, I was scared and I had a lot of complicated feelings towards her. She was a very good mother and I have no issues with how she raised me. We got along very well, but after my father died, she changed in a lot of ways and I, 
again, it's not about her. It was about me. I wanted her to be different so I could feel better because I didn't like worrying about her. I felt guilty. Tra all these things, right? Again, it was nothing about her. It was all my own shit. And like, what, what do we do with people? We can't take ownership of our stuff and we think you need to change for me to feel better. So I had all those sorts of feelings in that regard. Again, not because I thought she was a bad mom or anything about her. She, she was a very good mother. We got along well. It was all my own shit with her with all of that because I had a lot of guilt and I thought I need, uh, you need to change so I can alleviate all of this guilt. So I was carrying around guilt about that because I was so scared she was going to die and I had all these issues with how she acted so like needy and helpless all the time. I'd sometimes get very angry with her. And then I would feel guilty about being angry with her because she has cancer and she knows she's probably dying and how, oh my God, what is she going through? And I'm sitting here yelling at her. I had all this tremendous guilt. And even though I lived with her and I did all of this stuff for her, there was still a part of me that thought I didn't do enough for her. Now, again, all of this guilt from an egoic, even from an egoic point of view of how we would evaluate what would make you feel guilty or not, even from that point of view, it would be pretty clear that like I didn't really have much to feel guilty about, but I felt guilty, tremendous amount of guilt. I had to sit with that guilt. I had to admit I was feeling that guilt because to carry around that heavy weight of that guilt and then to pretend that I didn't feel it or to intellectually be like, well, I have no reason to feel guilty. I was a good daughter. Yeah, I know I was, I, how the egoic mind would judge it. I was a good daughter. I, I did all that stuff for her and I, I lived with her and I took care of her and I did all these things. But I had the guilt because I was carrying around that guilt from before she died and then thinking of the moments when I got scared and angry and it came out and projected in anger towards her. Again, thinking I need you to be different so I could feel better. Again, all that egoic stuff. I had to admit that that was there. I couldn't pretend that, well, all of that just shut it all down and be like, well, I have nothing to feel guilty about and spiritual teaching would tell me this. Yeah, all of that's great. But in the moment, that's not what I was feeling. That's not the thought system that was predominant in my thinking. And I had to feel that guilt and I had to cry and feel all of the thing. I had to admit that I felt anger towards her because I wish she was different and she didn't, you know, just kind of withdraw from life after my father died and I wish she had done all right. But again, it was all about me because again, that egoic thinking is everyone else needs to change so I can feel better. I feel this way because of how they're acting and they need to be different, right? All of that, I had to deal with all of that stuff. I couldn't pretend that I wasn't feeling any of those things or dealing with any of those things or else all of that guilt and all of that emotion, grief, it just would have sat there. It would have affected me, probably would have manifested in some kind of illness. Who knows what would have happened, you know, who knows what would have happened, but it wouldn't have been good. It's never good when we suppress emotion, especially really strong emotions like grief and, and guilt and shame, anger, you know, we need to let them out. And we can only let them out when we're admitting the thinking that's creating them. You have to go through these things. And I get it. Again, the stuff with my mom, that was not pleasant to let myself admit that all of that guilt I was feeling. Because, again, to just shut it down and be like, well, I wasn't a bad, I was a good daughter. I have nothing to feel guilty about. But I, part of me, I didn't feel that way. Part of me felt that way and understood that intellectually. But again, emotionally, because we have to see, and a lot of you have probably saw this with this journey, what you understand intellectually and what you're actually feeling can be very, very far apart. And essentially, to me, the overarching goal of this work is really bridging that gap where you're taking these teachings and these things you learn and these different interpretations and points of view and thoughts and beliefs and, and thinking 
that you intellectually are like, yeah, I like that. I'd like to think that way. Makes sense to think that way. Intuitively, thinking that way feels right. And then, but how you actually feel, the egoic thinking is so deeply conditioned and that's what's really dominating your emotions because that thinking is so prevalent. It's so deeply embedded to, again, bridging that gap where you're taking these teachings from intellectual appreciation and acceptance and that wanting to think that way and then to experience the feelings that that thinking would produce, that's very desirable to actually where those, that way of thinking, those interpretations, those points of view actually are the ones you're entertaining when you're looking at your life and you're experiencing whatever you're experiencing in your own life or when you observe something that's happening in the world or, or what like different aspects of our collective experience. That's really the overall, to me, all this work is that's what ultimately we're trying to achieve. Because again, if everything's our thinking, if it's all what's happening in our mind, then the real goal of our work is like, I have to change my thinking because that's where everything is coming from. And again, from a manifesting perspective, your thinking creates your feelings and your feelings are what's going to determine what your life looks like. Because again, if you think of that emotion as like your vibration as your point of attraction, what we're feeling predominantly is that's what's going to determine, you know, what, what the kind of people we attract or everything, you know, about our experiences based on that emotional world. So we can't really transform the emotions if we're not transforming the thinking that's creating the emotions. And we can't transform the thinking if we're not being honest about what it is we're actually thinking, what it is we're actually feeling. And in those two examples I gave you from my own life, you know, it was challenging because what I was thinking and feeling were things I didn't really want to be thinking and feeling. They, I was feeling things I really did not want to feel, I did not want to engage with, and I just wished would go away. But I knew that wasn't going to happen. The only way I can make it quote unquote go away and to really heal it and feel like it's not so dominant and heavy in, in me was I had to admit that I was still struggling with certain things. I had to admit I was thinking certain things that I felt ashamed admitting that I thought. That I was still feeling things that I felt ashamed that I was still feeling. Because again, I was applying a judgment to my experience. I was judging my experience in a way where it was like all of those things were bad and wrong and shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't be thinking that way. I shouldn't be feeling that way. Says who, right? Again, so whatever you think is, what, whatever's there is there. And denying it, and like I said earlier in the beginning, I know from a manifestation perspective, especially there's a part of our mind that thinks that that's some kind of workaround is like, well, if I just pretend that I'm not thinking that, and if I verbalize this belief, but I'm actually believing the exact opposite in my heart. But as long as I say, I feel like, again, there's a part of us, we think like we're like tricking, we're like, we're clever, we're slick. Like, well, I'm just going to pretend it's not there. So if I pretend, if I don't admit I have all this intense fear around money, then I'll still be able to manifest money because that fear then won't get in the way because I'm not acknowledging it. It's like, no, it's there. This, the, whatever the fears, the self-doubt, whatever it is, if it's there, again, if it's there, it's there. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, it's there. You can't, don't be ashamed of it. Don't judge it. Don't intellectually analyze it and try to just do all this work on an intellectual, logical level of like, again, well, you know, Spiritual teaching would tell me that no one else is responsible for my feelings but me. Yeah, that's right. That's true. It's awesome to think that way. There's a huge amount of freedom in, in owning your stuff. But in the moment, if you're feeling like a part of you is like, yeah, I am holding this person responsible for my feelings. I am really hurt about what they said. 
I feel really betrayed by what they did. I can't believe this person did this to me. And, and a part of you is attributing that pain to them. You have to admit it. Because as long as you're willing to entertain the point of view, you're not going to get stuck in that thinking. So that's another thing too, we have to, with this brutal honesty, we have to be honest with ourselves is if, are we making an effort to embrace these other ways of thinking? Because as long as you're doing that, there's no danger in indulging the egoic thinking and being honest with it. You have to. But there'll be a problem if you're not making an effort, if you're not doing that in service of purging to make room for these new points of view to more become more deeply embedded in your being. And that's another part of this brutal honesty. Because if a lot of us, if we're brutally honest with ourselves, one of the reasons we struggle with changing our thinking, again, if we're brutally honest, it's because we don't want to change our thinking. There's all sorts of perspectives, these kind of spiritual, whatever sorts of teachings. If you're honest, when you hear those things, you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to love everyone. I don't want to see the God or Christ being in my fellow man, the people that I hate, all these other people that I don't want to be one with Donald Trump or Vladimir Putin. I don't want to forgive this person. I don't want to love this person. I hate them. So that's another thing too we have to be honest with is, you know, a lot of us, if we're honest, we struggle to embrace these ideas because there's a part of us that's actually like, no, I don't really want to. I don't really believe that. And ultimately, like I've always said, at the end of the day, we can choose our beliefs. We can do whatever we want. So you can decide that, no, I don't want to forgive this person. I don't want to look at them in this loving way. I think they're bad. I think they're wrong. I don't see them as, I don't see the Christ or the God in them. I don't see them as my brother or an extension of me. I don't see us as one. I hate them. They're wrong. They're bad. I don't want to forgive them. That's fine, right? We, we could do whatever we want, but we have to accept the emotional consequences of continuing to embrace the egoic thought system. It's a very painful thought system. So if you want to decide that, no, I'll never forgive this person, or no, I don't want to change my point of view of this person. I still want to think these bad things about them and hate them and, and feel victimized by them and blame them for my life, this thing that happened or whatever. Again, we can do whatever we want, but... If our feeling, if our thinking is where everything's being determined, our whole emotional world and everything we do, there are big consequences to that emotionally. We don't get, we can't feel better because you'll never, if, if our thinking is what's everything is our perception, if we don't want to change our perception about something or a belief or our thinking about something, and again, we can make that choice. We have to accept that, well, I'm the root of this feeling is coming from my perception and I'm not willing to change my thinking on this. So I'm going to continue to feel this anger or bitterness or resentment or this victim -y feeling or whatever. And again, you can do that, but then you have to accept that you have to accept that the feeling's going to remain as well because the thinking creating the feeling is like you've decided, yeah, like this is what I think about this. So again, we can always do whatever we want, but if we want to feel better, we have to be willing to change our thinking. Any problem we're having in our life, we have to realize the first place I need to go is in my own mind. If you're having a problem with someone in your life, it doesn't matter. It, there's no exceptions. It's like, well, no, but the other person's, yeah, they might be whatever. They might be an asshole. They might be doing whatever they're doing and they're shitty, but it's still our problem, right? We, no matter what it is, no matter what problem you're dealing with, whether it's another, and no matter what it is, and no matter how much it would seem like that something outside needs to be different or change, be like, no, 
that you always have to go within your, you always have to start with yourself and see what's going on there because it's like the problem's actually in my own mind. It's not this person, it's my perception of them. And when you realize another thing too with this is just to kind of add this, I know one of the, the big pieces of resistance we have to this idea is we think, well, if it's just my perception, then I, if I just change my thinking, the part of our mind that really wants to change the outsides and be like, but then you're not going to do anything about that. And you're going to, going to stay in this job. I don't like, or you're going to stay, whatever. Or you're going to give up on the getting the boyfriend or whatever. It's like, no, realizing Yes, our problem is always our perception, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to make changes in your life. For example, you might realize you have a problem in your marriage and you really feel like, you know, I don't know if I want to be with this. I don't want to be in this relationship or whatever anymore. And, but then you realize, okay, my real problem is my perception of this person. That's what's causing my pain. You could still realize, though, that you still don't want to be with that person and you could still realize yeah like I've been blaming them for all of my bad feelings I realize it's not their fault anymore and I'm not angry with them anymore and I'm not I don't have this resentment or bitterness towards them anymore but I also realize from a spiritual perspective of what's in my highest good or what's best for me I know it's still not that person so you still might get a divorce it doesn't mean you're going to stay in your bad marriage just means that you're no longer holding so I just want to like kind of throw that out there with this whole idea because I know that's one of the big things with the resistance you could still change your life and a lot of times you still will change things because you'll realize yeah this isn't the right person for me so I'm gonna release them from all of the shit I've been putting on them I'm not putting that on them anymore but I also realize that this isn't the right relationship for me and we're better off with different people so I'm still going to break up. I'm still going to get the divorce. I'm still going to get a different job. I still want to eventually get married and maybe have a family. So again, the, the and sometimes the shift in perception, it will cause you to give up on certain things because it, like, for example, if you were pursuing a promotion at your job and it was purely egoic of like wanting to achieve some kind of status because you worried about what people thought about you or trying to prove something or you had some arbitrary idea of what success was and then like you have this shift in your thinking, then you might be like, yeah, like I don't want that promotion. I don't even want to be in this line of work at all and I'm going to leave my job. So sometimes it could, you know, but then if you don't want something anymore, then you don't care if you give up on getting it because you don't care about not getting stuff you don't want. But like in those other examples I use, like that shift in perception, again, it doesn't mean you're, you're not going to change anything about your life. A lot of times you still will. And so again, like if there's that fear about that, like that, that doesn't mean you'll, everything will be exact. You'll never make another change in your life again. And everything's going to stay exactly as it is because it's all in your mind. It's like, no, that's not really what's, what's being said. So just keep that in mind if you find yourself being resistant to that idea for that reason. Hey, something about this dog, she like gets mad at her own feet. It's, it's very odd. I don't know what it is. But anyway, so yeah, the most important ingredient in this manifesting inner transformation journey is brutal honesty about what's in your mind and what you're feeling because if that's where the root of everything is and that's where the transformation really lies if that's what needs to change to have everything in your life change and for you to heal emotionally that's you you have to we can't we can't change it unless uh what are you doing you're not squirrely she's sitting here quiet the whole time so i'm probably gonna wrap this up soon like vigorously rubbing herself against the couch and growling but anyway so what's there is there don't be ashamed of it 
don't be scared of their just feelings. I know it can be scary to really go deep, but it's, it's, it's worth it. And again, it's worth it. Number one, because all you want is to feel better. That's the only manifestation worth the damn anyway. And that's all you really want. But even to go with you, that's like, no, I want a boyfriend. I want money. I want, yeah, fine. No problem. That's going to help that too, because, Hey, what are you doing? Relax now. Come on. Let's, let's be, let's calm down. <laughs> that's, that's going to help that too. So either, either way, it, this is going to benefit you. So yeah, that's it guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Have a great day or night. And for more content, products, and info about my coaching, head on over to livelifemadetoorder.com. Bye-bye.